the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not surrender. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh of the Gospel Defender Ministries. This gospel message will encourage and equip those who have ears to hear to be a Christian clothed with the armor of a gospel defender. Ladies and gentlemen, in this hour, let us consider the three sinners' prayers in the Bible. I have heard it said more than once that God does not hear a sinner's prayer. Not only have I heard that, but I have read it as well in the Word of God. And yet, I do not believe it. I do not believe it because of who said it in the Bible. This statement is recorded in John 9, verse 31. Now we know that God does not hear sinners. The one who made this statement was sincere, I'm sure. But he was not Jesus Christ, nor an inspired apostle of Jesus Christ. He was the uninspired person who had been healed of his blindness with the touch of the hands of Jesus. Then told, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. It is true that this man said what the Bible says he said, but what he said was not true. That may sound like a contradiction to some, but I assure you that it is not. Statements spoken by uninspired men in the Word of God may or may not be true. You must test their statements with the Word of God. In the same way, you must test the statements of uninspired preachers today with God's Word. So, so much for the teaching that God does not hear a sinner's prayer. But the fact 
that God can hear a sinner's prayer, at least those prayers in which the forgiveness of sins is sought, does not mean that this is the way sins are forgiven today. Let us consider the three sinner's prayers in the Bible. First, we note the sinner's prayer of the thief on the cross. I submit to you that the prayer of the most famous thief of all ages is also the most famous of all the sinner's prayers. Countless multitudes have trusted their salvation in repeating the prayer of this thief in Luke 23, verse 42, in which he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Who can deny this is a sinner's prayer? Because he was a thief, we are on safe ground to say that this is a case of a sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer has a different ring to it than the sinner's prayer we hear preachers tell people they ought to pray for salvation today. The thief made no personal confession of his sins. He did not invite Jesus to come into his heart. The sinner's prayer is just, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Certainly we cannot deny that the prayer of this sinner was both heard and answered, for Jesus said, Assuredly I say to you, Today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus said it, and that settles it. But ladies and gentlemen, do not be so sure that this sinner's prayer will work for you. I assure you that it will not. This was a special case because Jesus had not yet died for our sins when this thief prayed. Both Jesus and the thief lived and died under the Old Testament. The New Testament plan of salvation requiring that a repentant believer be immersed in water for the remission of sins was yet to come into effect. New Testament immersion to receive salvation did not become effective until after Jesus died, for it is an immersion into the death of Jesus Christ. How could the thief be immersed into the death of Christ before Jesus died? He couldn't, he wasn't, and therefore he could pray a sinner's prayer for his salvation. We must note what Jesus said in Luke 5, verse 24. The Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. While Jesus was alive on the earth, he could and he did dispense salvation to whomsoever he pleased. All he had to do was say, Your sins are forgiven, and it was done. He did this not only for the thief on the cross in Luke 23, but also for a palsied man in Luke 5, a woman in Luke 7, and a blind man in Luke 18. Jesus said while he was on the earth, he had power to forgive the sins of 
whomsoever and in whatsoever way he wanted. Ladies and gentlemen, need I remind you that Christ is no longer on this earth. It is written in Hebrews 9 verse 12 that he now is in the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us all. Having given the world his New Testament in the place of the old when he died, he now sits at the right hand of the majesty on high. Today we live not under the Old Testament, but under the New Testament. And we must obey the conditions for salvation under that testament. Two of those New Testament conditions are written in Mark 16, verse 16. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. These conditions were established following the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus as part of his New Testament. The prayer of the thief on the cross is effective only for those who, like the thief on the cross, lived and died under the Old Testament dispensation. Next, we note the sinner's prayer of the publican of Luke 18. We know when this publican prayed, he prayed a sinner's prayer. For in his prayer, he said, God be merciful to me, a sinner. He said he was a sinner, and who was in a better position than he to know what he was? Anything he said in a prayer would have to be considered as the prayer of a sinner. This publican is often cited as an example of one who was justified through prayer, and therefore, like the thief on the cross, is an example for those today seeking salvation. But there is something extremely important to note about this publican's prayer. Verse 9 says that his prayer is part of a parable. One of the most elementary definitions of a parable is that it is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And ladies and gentlemen, the heavenly meaning of this parable is certainly not how to be forgiven or to be saved from sin. The publican of Luke 18 was already saved as a Jew in covenant with God. The key to the parable is what is written in both verses 9 and 14. Verse 9 says that Jesus spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. He was referring to the self-righteous Pharisees. In verse 14, in a few brief words, as only Jesus could do, he contrasted self-righteousness with humility. The one with humility, like the publican, goes down to his house justified rather than the other, like the self-righteous Pharisee. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Ladies and gentlemen, the parable reveals God's attitude 
toward a spirit of self-righteousness like that of the Pharisee. He condemns it. And the attitude toward a spirit of humility like that of the publican. He commends it. It was not the intention of Jesus to teach in this parable how men receive forgiveness of sins today. And not only this, but like the thief on the cross, the imaginary parabolic publican of Luke 18 lived under the Old Testament, not the New. So what was said about the thief on the cross also applies to this publican. Publicans such as the Apostle Matthew were Jews in a covenant relationship with God by virtue of their birth and circumcision. This publican, unlike any lost sinner today, had the inherent privilege of prayer as a child of Abraham. He did not pray as an alien outside God's family. Prayer has been inexcusably misapplied by the denominational world. God has appointed prayer to be a privilege that His children, those who have been cleansed in by and with the blood of their Lord Jesus Christ, have. Prayer is a spiritual blessing for spiritual people, Christians. Denominationalism has transferred this privilege, this blessing, from the spiritual kingdom of Christ, His church, from the children of God, and has attempted to make it the means by which sinners outside the spiritual world may receive salvation. The denominational world has substituted that which God has commanded sinners to do, repent, and be immersed in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins with that which he has not commanded them to do. Denominationalism has encouraged sinners to not do what God has commanded and discourages sinners from doing what God has commanded. Alien sinners are kept in their sin by those who say they are leading people to salvation in Christ. Jesus said in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who seeks, finds, who asks, receives, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Do these words mean that literally anyone, everyone, sinner or saint, can ask for whatever he may want, including salvation, and it will be granted regardless of any conditions placed upon the prayer or the one praying? Prayer requests must meet particular conditions. One of those conditions is that Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, is true only for those who are God's children, Christians. Every one of Matthew 7-8 is modified in verses 9 through 11. 
and means every Christian whose father is God. Not every sinner whose father is Satan. Only God's children can call God their father. And now we note the sinner's prayer of Cornelius of Acts chapter 10. Acts 10 is the record of a certain man called Cornelius. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God who said, Your prayers have come up for a memorial before God. Acts 10 verses 5 and 6 says, He was told to send men to Joppa and send for Simon whose surname is Peter. He will tell you what you must do. When we ask what it was that Cornelius sought from God in prayer, what he must do, the answer given in Acts 11 verse 14 was, Peter will tell you words in which you and all your household will be saved. Ladies and gentlemen, Cornelius was praying as an unsaved man. We can scripturally state that Cornelius was praying a sinner's prayer. And as a sinner, he was praying for salvation. Cornelius, unlike the thief on the cross and the publican of Luke 18, lived not under the Old Testament, but under the New Testament. Here is a New Testament case of someone praying, a sinner's prayer. But the answer he received does not sound anything like what modern-day denominationalism preaches. The answer was not open your heart to Jesus and invite him into your heart to save you for Christ's sake. No, that wasn't the answer. The answer that came back was... Sin for the preacher. This was before denominationalism, so the answer did not create any difficulty for Cornelius. Wondering for what denominational preacher he should seek. He sent for a preacher of the church that Jesus built. Preacher Peter. Who would dare put Peter into any other church? but the church built by Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, were it God's will that men and women, boys and girls, bow their heads, confess their sins, and invite Jesus into their heart for salvation, does it not seem exceedingly strange to you that these were not the instructions given to Cornelius? If there were ever a time for a mortal to be told by an angelic messenger to pray the conventional denominational sinner's prayer, surely this was the time. But again, God's heavenly messenger said, Send for the preacher. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are ever going to be saved, you too will have to send for the preacher. Because... How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him, 
Jesus, of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Whether or not we like God's plan for our salvation, it is His plan and not ours. God has ordained that the gospel message of Jesus Christ be preached. But when you call for the preacher, make sure he preaches the same message that preacher Peter preached. In verse 48, preacher Peter commanded them to be immersed in the name of the Lord. This is worthy of our notice since Cornelius had stated in Acts 10 verse 33 that he and his household were all present before God to hear all the things commanded you by God. The only thing Peter commanded to be done in the name of the Lord was to be baptized. Those were the words whereby Cornelius and all his house were to be saved. And they are the same words whereby you and your household will be saved. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Even though Cornelius and his household had already been immersed with the Holy Spirit, they needed to be immersed in water to receive salvation. An inspired apostle of Jesus Christ commanded that to be done. Who dare think that it is possible to be saved from sin while disobeying a command of an apostle of Jesus Christ? Before you answer that, you may want to read the apostolic commandment of Acts 2 verse 38 once again. Three sinners' prayers in the Bible. The prayer of the thief on the cross the prayer of the publican, and the prayer of Cornelius. In each case, the modern-day denominational sinner's prayer is conspicuously absent. There is another sinner's prayer in the Bible, but it is the Christian's sinner's prayer. Apostle John said in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. John the Apostle evidently included himself in this confession of sins for the forgiveness of sins, and he was a Christian. For the Christian who sins, the sinner's prayer is answered with forgiveness of sin when he confesses his sins. But for the sinner who has never obeyed Jesus Christ for salvation, the only prayer he has for salvation is to do what the apostle said, repent, and be immersed every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit.
There's a battle going on for the souls of men. The taste of war is ever dear. But I am safe within the arms of God's dear bride. She is the keeper of my soul. She is the church of Christ. I'll not Ladies and gentlemen, Rick Breidenbaugh speaking. You have just heard another Gospel Defender Ministries radio broadcast brought to you by the church that Jesus built that preaches all of the word to all of the world. Jesus said in Mark 16, 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. So find someone today who will immerse you into Christ today before it is everlastingly too late. Our mailing address is Gospel Defender Ministries, Post Office Box 575, Chillicothe, C-H-I-L-L-I-C-O-T-H-E, Chillicothe, Ohio, Zip. 45601. You can also contact us through the World Wide Web at gospel-defender.org or by email at agosdef, A-G-O-S-D-E-F, agosdef, at roadrunner.com. At your request, a written transcript or an audio copy of today's message will be sent to you free of charge with no obligation from you now or in the future. We need to hear from you as soon as possible, so please take the time to contact us today. And now until you and I meet again at this same time and at this same place, our prayer is that you will be steadfastly set for the defense of the gospel. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.